1: Fragilation as Here. Uh, and we are the only ones here, so let's get started. <laughs> um, those Noops who see this in the future, yeah, we are a little bit late, so I had some issues with the stream key, um, which got resolved. Uh, so, uh, welcome to Tales from the Forlorn Dopes. My name is Saber Smiley, and I have a co-host by the name of... I am Wisdom000, zero, zero, zero. Zero.
2: and I am happy to see you all.
1: And welcome, one and all, to our wonderful little podcast with our nice little small, hardcore audience and our true fans. Um, so <laughs> this particular episode uh, kind of marks the end of the year because we are going to take the rest of the month off. Um. Not sure if we're going to broadcast on the first of January, I think we're still debating on whether we want to take a full month off and uh just hang out um, but the coming year we have a plan. we have things to talk about we We're actually going to be a little more structured um in the future, however, oh, this, yeah, we're working it. <laughs> this episode this is, is not going to be guys. that, yeah. This episode is definitely not going to be it.
2: Yeah, hopefully this will be the last episode of us doing nothing but rambling in each other and at you guys for the full hour
1: plus. Welcome, system looms. Um, yeah. yeah. So I figured this um, episode we can kind of talk a little bit about uh, you know what we've done since the last episode, and then kind of get into a little bit of what happened over the year. Um, if there's any major events that happened over the year, don't know. I think there's a few. Uh, but One or two. Yeah, so let's get started. So from my point of view, I haven't done much or planned much for my site. Um, I am starting to come up with a, a design slash... Motivation to start working on a uh, data fort designer, because I love me, my uh, Netrunner. So um, I'll be able to create um, uh, a data fort with drag and drop icons, and you can list out all your the programs within it and, you know, put keys, etc., to uh, create a old-fashioned Cyberpunk 2020 uh, data fort because I know I've already done that for Cyberpunk Red. Figured I should do it for 2020 as well. Um,
2: You're a dedicated man.
1: <laughs> yeah. The reason why I got distracted is I've been playing around with, um, I think I mentioned it last episode, uh, this online service called uh, mm-hmm. World Anvil. Um, I started moving my Cyberpunk campaign... Uh, documentation in there so that way my players have a better resource and a way to access old uh, notes from the previous games and also see the, the various NBC's because I know there's other virtual tabletops out there that I do use like uh, Roll20, however they are not great for storing data and, and, and storing documentation. Great for rolling dice, great for moving and and plotting out characters on a map, but they are not great for sharing and distributing of uh, campaign notes and data. So I'm really uh, digging this new tool. So that's kind of it for me, at least on a a cyberpunk role-playing table. What about you?
2: Well, I mean, I have... In the last year, I have I have s- gone through a couple of cyberpunk campaigns. Uh, that well, two of them started and ended prematurely, and hopefully, I'll be able to pick them up someday again. And the third, uh, yeah, you are now part of yourself, there, Will. So, hopefully, that continues to to flourish. Um, I you talked about um, the virtual tabletops and all that I I'm, I'm still trying to get a hold of uh, to, to get a hold on uh, roll 20 it's it is not the easiest interface in fact it is an interface that just causes me nothing but migraines <laughs> but like you said it's it's good for moving stuff around a map it's it's got a good it, 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 it's got a good dice roller i guess Um, but it doesn't it doesn't store documents well yep and uh yeah it it, like i said for me it's mostly the interface i just really it's not intuitive uh things are not easily accessible and found but it works. I mean, I, there are ways that I would improve it if I were running it, but I'm not, I don't have any kind of, I, I wouldn't know how to program, you know, I I, I could barely program my VCR in the eighties. Now I'm an old, old, old fart who does not get new tricks. That's why my website looks like it's from the nineties yeah. still. Uh, on the website front, I mean, I, I'm fully entrenched in working on stuff. Um, I've got an espionage source book that's... I keep talking about this stuff. It's it's trudging along ever so slowly. Um, yeah, it's it's been a slow year as far as content for me. Yeah. Uh,
1: But hopefully your juices are starting to flow, right? Because you started up your... Well, the juices
2: are flowing. Like, I I stay awake at night thinking about this stuff. I just... Trying to get... Trying to maneuver my back injury into a position where I can safely... and Or not safely, but uh, comfortably type... Yep. Is, uh...
1: That's an all-day expenditure. Yep. Yeah, because you started your... This, um... Campaign this year, right? That I'm now in. Oh, yeah. So, uh,
2: about six months ago. And then uh, we did, I want to say we did about two months worth of sessions before we took a hiatus because, well, it's, it's, uh, half the players either moved, got new jobs, or went back to work after the pandemic. Um, so everything kind of took a backseat. And now I've got.
1: Uh, now it's rolling again, so we're thankful for. That. Yep, and that's always kind of the the pitfalls of uh, gaming, especially when you become an adult and have less and less free time. Um, I remember as a kid, I probably gamed four to five days a week. Um, if not, I was gaming. I was I was rolling up characters and. and reading and all that other stuff so
2: honestly I don't even have to go back that far uh, like 10 years ago before the heart problems kicked in um, even when I was holding down a 48 hour a week job I was still gaming 3 to 4 nights a week for you know anywhere between 4 and 10 hours at a time depending on like if I actually had to work that day or not like on the weekends jesus yeah we'd go from like noon until you know when we couldn't stay awake any longer
1: nice yeah my yeah. wife uh kind of limited me on how many days a week i can uh, game at least during our, the beginning of our marriage but um
2: i, I have never had the uh the misfortune of having someone love me enough to tell me they want to spend time with me on a on a personal Aww. romantic basis. There, there we go.
1: Yeah, it wasn't so much that's an entire <laughs> <age>. <laughs> And again, it wasn't always romantic. It was more like, "Hey, I need you to do this. I need you to make me this. Uh, I need oh, you got to you gotta do chores. Yes, All the right. honeydew. Oh yeah. well, so, man, that's one thing. You, you luckily you missed Same out on again. <laughs> yep. Um, so other news, uh, I did watch a few, uh, cyberpunk related things, uh, since our last episode. Um, I'm going to go through the ones that I know you didn't see, but at least, um, we can talk about. Um, so there was a movie that I came across, uh, in the description, it said cyberpunk gang. And I was like, okay, let's, let's watch this. Um And it is definitely a classic B-movie made for TV. Probably was made for TV and just didn't even make it to TV. Um, that was on Netflix. It's called The Car, Road to Revenge. And it starred Grant Bowler, Bauer, who, if you don't know his name, he is from Defiance. He was the main, uh, the sheriff of the town. Um, also... I really want to see that show continue. Uh I would have loved to have seen that show continue, but say Lovey, you know. <laughs> I doubt it they're gonna do a reboot anytime soon. I don't um, know it's even though Grant Bauer probably needs the money. If he's yeah from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. yeah. So basically the premise of the movie was uh a senator or congressman, or some politician who's hard on crime and, you know, um, getting things done. He uh, basically gets attacked and murdered, and all of a sudden his car becomes possessed by him, as well as the car already being an AI. Um, So the car goes off on a revenge, a little bit like a Christine... The the wraith um, and all those other corny car movies in which you know the car seeks vengeance. Uh, The reason why it was cyberpunk was there is one of the um, secondary characters has a cyberarm. Um, There is a bit of cybernetics, kind of near future type of technology um, around it. Awesome. The acting is, again, B-movie, so don't expect much. Um, so if, if you love corny, crappy movies and... I mean, the
2: last episode we did was, like, uh, mostly geared around us reviewing uh, nemesis. nemesis. So, so yes. Uh, B-movies have never been an obstacle for anything for me. Right.
1: Um, the other thing I saw was Lang. Which uh, the Wolf Brigade, which was the live-action version of Jinro, the anime. If you don't haven't seen that anime, you definitely want to go see. Um, Wisdom's going to say it's very boring. <laughs> well, just Oshi himself is fairly boring. I love the concept
2: of it. I loved the original manga um, that it was based off of. And I I liked the live action. I liked Delang. Uh, I thought it was better than the anime, personally. Um, It's a Korean remake. Uh, I've had more action, which is... I mean, honestly, here's what it comes down to. Uh, General Wolf Brigade. The cover of it is a dude in full armor carrying a machine gun with red glowing eyes. If you look at that cover, you're all like, holy shit, this is going to be some ultra-violent, badass action. And then you watch it. And then it's, like, two hours of talking to, like, 30 <laughs> seconds of action. True. And this is... this is <laughs> That is the perfect description for just about all of
1: Mamoru Oshii's movies. Um, yeah, but then you get into... Um... The sewer scene, which lasted, yeah, a good. sewer yeah. scenes, awesome. A good amount of time.
2: Um, and there's more action to Ilang, uh, which I dug. Yeah, in in Jinro, the the characters were a little bit better thought out. Uh, they weren't quite quite so cliche as as they were portrayed in uh, Ilang but i I'm, i often wonder how much of that is lost in translation because the lang yeah. is like i said it's a korean reproduction of a japanese a live action reproduction of a japanese anime
1: so yeah. who knows what we lose and like when i was watching that i really got the sense of what metal gear is like from cyberpunk right so, Metal Gear. Absolutely. Metal Gear is armor that is worn by soldiers, by ultra secret police um, individuals. I mean, it's
2: it's heavy military style like technology. Um, yeah, you can get your hands on it, but you're not going to wear it on any kind of regular basis unless you're either in this shit or expecting to get in the shit in the very near future. Like nobody just hangs out in metal gear.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, that's what one problem I think with cyberpunk 2020 was a lot of GMs allowed. Okay. It only costs this much. There's no laws against wearing armor. Right. Um, and, and availability, there's no availability on, on, uh, Armor.
2: It's it's the classic it's it's the classic problem that GMs have new GMs to Cyberpunk have in that they're mostly coming from either they're not coming either they're coming completely whole cloth newbies to it or they're coming from other role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons, where sure you just wear your armor all the time or nobody cares. And I think that's
1: one one thing that would have fixed things like that is similar to what um, FASA who, who took over FASA? WizKids? Um, I don't know. And then Catalyst Games, right? When, when they created, yeah. and I forget the addition of Shadowrun, and it kind of split over into the Mech Warrior RPG, was the concept of having all items have availability and legality um, rankings on all of it. And yeah, that adds a little more crunch to the game, but it also is a way in which a GM can control certain items and also dictate what kind of game they want to run. Do they want to run a, a team of special ops who get all the fun legal, you know, illegal stuff that the street people shouldn't really be wearing, and if you're running a street, you know, a, a gutter punk game, you ain't gonna get well, certain things,
2: right? I mean, it's just like you. It, it's just like the arms race that everybody complains about. Uh, if you walk around in full metal gear, no one's. You're not gonna get into the club. No one's gonna let you in. Um, when you're walking down the street, if you're not uh, attracting every gang in the in the neighborhood, you're certainly attracting. The police and corporate security who are going to, you know, never take their eyes off of you. Like, yep. what the fuck is that shady guy over there doing and that he needs all that armor for? Just like if you go walking around armed to the teeth. Yep. Um, like, you're seen as paranoid and a nutbag and nobody wants to work with you because you're looking for trouble.
1: And cops Uh, are going to start following you because... Yeah, cops are going (laughs) to
2: start following you. Um, You, You're wearing that kind of armor. You're looking for uh, trouble. Getting into the gas station. You're you're walking around looking for trouble, and nobody wants trouble.
1: Yeah, I had uh, recently, um, this was a couple of uh, sessions back, um so the my the team of my uh players, you know, we right, were infiltra- infiltrating a facility team as the cleaning staff. And basically they stopped at the guard guard gate. I said, Okay, the guards looking at you, looking at all your faces and one of my players said, Oh, I'm wearing my helmet. I'm like, Really? <laughs> He's like yeah, is that a problem? He's like, yeah, because the security guard's going to get on his uh, freaking walkie-talkie and call you in and pull his gun out and start (laughs) taking you guys in. He's like, oh. (laughs) Why is this guy (laughs) wearing a helmet? Is he special? Well, Um, he's he's trying to, you know, not be seen, you know, have his face not be seen. And it's like, dude, you are in... You are currently no, I mean, posing as cleaning crew, and cleaning crews do not wear face masks. They do not yeah, wear cleaning helmets. Cleaning crews don't don't wear helmets. So it was a bit of an education uh, to the player. So, but,
2: so yeah, I mean, all these problems that these these GMs new new to the new to Cyberpunk complain about. They're mostly; they would mostly be handled with just the application of a little bit of common sense. Like, no, you don't get to you don't you can't run around like that all the time. Yep. If you are actively planning a raid, sure, go healed. Um, but otherwise, like ninety percent of the time, you shouldn't be walking around with anything more than like a handgun on you, and yep. a small one at that, something that is easily concealable.
1: Yep, exactly. Um, I did have one player who carries around who carried around a bow but she actually went to attack to kind of make it a a kind of folding bow similar to what not necessarily all of what hawkeye had right in which he just you know would just uh do a flick of his wrist and a full bow would appear but she would you know she it was definitely a little more concealable right in which she could break it down easily um and by the way bows are freaking deadly in the game too deadly, in my opinion. Well, yeah. I mean, um, armor-piercing
2: for full damage, that's that's
1: dangerous. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, yes, that's with a regular arrow. Well, with, with broadhead arrows, it's... Oh, yeah, once
2: you start adding broadhead and
1: razors and... Well, broadhead arrows were half armor, double damage. And then there was another one, and I forget the name of it. Safety? No, I don't think it's that. That does. Plus, you can add explosives to arrows. Neurotoxins, yeah,
2: that that you just can't do with bullets to the same extent. Yep. Um, And at at, within their range, within the bow's range, they do just massive amounts of damage. Yep. Um, Once you exceed their range, the the damage starts dropping pretty significantly, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bows are both are not to be underestimated. They just don't have the uh, rate of fire that other weapons do.
1: Yeah. The other thing I kind of watched the first couple of episodes of, um, and this is most of the what I watched is on Netflix. So if you have a Netflix account, um, go check out a bunch of stuff because Netflix has a lot of weird stuff on it. Um it and, does. And some of it's good. Some of it, meh. Uh, but there was an anime called Expelled from Paradise. Um, the premise was some of humanity now lives in space and in satellites living in virtual worlds. Uh, and Earth has kind of been turned into this wasteland that people do inhabit, but there's not a lot of them. Uh, so what the whole premise is, is <clears throat> hacker, a hacker or hackers from Earth are interrupting the utopia that is in space and basically the um i would say the government of of these satellites sends down some agents to go and find those hackers uh basically a body is grown for the 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 basically bodiless people and they're consciousness isn't put into the body and they're shoved down into earth so they have high technology up in space and of course it's a wasteland on earth so um the first couple of episodes were all right um kind of poppy anime for me because um, i'm i prefer the more grittier anime um but it, it's an interesting concept and, and definitely a, a bit of a cyberpunk theme around it right in which your near future uh, satellites and you know people have basically had soul killer done to them and now they live in the virtual world of paradise meanwhile you know you have the scrubs in the wasteland uh, eking out survival there I've <coughs> meaning to watch that That's yeah. that sounds
2: pretty cool uh the only I've been watching an anime called uh Ken Ashura. I'm probably not saying that right but uh it's it's not very it's, it's not obviously cyberpunk but it does take place in a dystopian future where uh corporations settle all their disputes with uh like MMA style fights um I'm, I'm only about four or five episodes in, but I've been enjoying it so far.
1: Yeah. You definitely send me the name and I'll go check that out as well. Uh, and then the last thing that I kind of watched in the past two weeks, and granted, I I do have, I do work and I do other things besides watch uh, TV, um, was uh, the release of the live action of Cowboy Bebop which there came we out
2: to uh, mixed reviews. I don't care what anybody says. I've been a Cowboy Bebop is ranked in my top 5 anime since since it debuted over 2 decades ago. Um I fucking love the live action. I truly do. Is it is it 100% like are they trying to uh, do the word for word Uh, remake no Uh, they try to remake the episodes the individual episodes themselves but they add their own twist to it um, which is going to bug people I get that that's going to bug people and with live action you not everything can translate from an anime into live action and it not be a little bit goofy but the show itself was always a little bit goofy
1: Uh, before Uh you continue I just want to say one thing um Welcome, Citizen X. Uh, we have a guest in our <laughs> voice channel, um, Joe, who has joined us. Howdy! Hey, you, pal. Um, that's that's two of my players all
2: here at once. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just you can continue. Just wanted to say hi and uh, welcome. And if you want to give any comments, Joe, by all means.
2: Yeah, just jump in wherever. Um, but as I was saying about uh, the live-action Cowboy Bebop, it, it uses the same soundtrack, and in fact, Yoko Kano and Tank um, make cameo appearances, uh, so it's nice to see them on screen. But it hits all the same beats that the anime did. It, 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 it uses the music in the same manner, um, which is incredibly important uh because I I'll I'll say it outright, Cowboy Bebop uh has the most it's got the best score of anything I've ever seen, period. Um, Yoko Kano is brilliant. She's she's the composer who also gave us the uh the soundtrack to things like um Ghost in the Shell, uh Standalone Complex and uh, Macross Plus. Uh, those are two of her highlights. Um, the characters... Uh, John Cho is a great Spike Spiegel. He, he gets the character. Um, he understands the attitude. Uh, I don't remember the name of the character who plays the live-action Jet, but he looks the part, Must- and he is channeling Bo Billingsley's voice from the anime. Mustafa...
1: Uh, uh, um that's the guy I forget his last name it's like Kashi top tree something like that
2: <laughs> um he's a perfect jet and here's where people are gonna like look at me like I'm crazy the casting of Faye because she wasn't wearing the outfit from the anime like the other two like obviously they wear the outfits the, the jet and spikes outfits are very faithful Faye's is not, mostly because it would look ridiculous to have this chick running around in hot pants everywhere. The actress who plays Faye, however, I think, I think the portrayal of Faye on the live action is superior to that of the anime. I think she's a more well-rounded character on the live action. I think she comes across as more human, whereas in the anime, Faye's just kind of this nasty bitch that they just kind of hang out with. Every now and then, she takes advantage of them. Basically, she's she's there to provide a foil to the others, and without really providing much in the way of benefit. Whereas in the in the live action, she's got benefit. She's a character.
1: Some people might disagree because Rotten Tomato gives it a forty three percent rating.
2: Yeah, whereas the, the anime was hundred
1: percent but yeah I, I definitely agree um the one thing that kind of scares me was the last episode and the introduction of radical ed um to me there's, yeah <laughs> there, there's certain it's anime characters hard one too. that are great in anime not sure how well they can um translate, translate. Over, like I yeah. it's
2: That'll be a hard one. Uh, Like, the kid that they got to show up at the end and uh, portraying Radical Ed, I mean, she's... She got the... uh, She understood the character. Just, uh... I think she might need to tone it back a little bit.
1: Just a little bit. Um... Yeah, she needs to take acting lessons from, um, how was it? Margaret? Uh Christ, not Margaret. Margaret. Not, uh, forgot her name. Um, say that again.
2: Who are you trying to?
1: Uh, the, 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 shit, I even forgot her name. Um, uh, bleh, Harlequin. Um, um, oh, Margot Robbie? Yes. Robbie? Yes.
2: Uh, like a little bit less of Margot Robbie, to be honest.
1: Um, but that kind of like little bit of crazy. Kind of love love you know?
2: her portrayal of Harley. She she does a great job. She does as good a live action as you could possibly expect. But I, I don't see much of.
1: I don't know. But that kind of weirdness—how to how to translate a very insane kind of goofy character into a live action, right? And I think that actress can be definitely get some pointers from, at least.
2: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is they're gonna have to get like a child actress who uh, can be goofy without being obnoxious, and that's that's all. That's a hard thing for a kid to pull off. Yeah. Any kid. I mean, in the anime, it was done by an adult. So.
0: Yeah, that's true. But I haven't yeah, commented I, much because I haven't seen uh, Cowboy Bebop, the new live-action series. No, I strongly,
2: I've strongly, strongly recommend it.
0: been on the fence because I keep getting mixed reviews like you're talking about. but. No,
2: well, it's... As with anything else, look at the reviewer. Listen to the people that that you know and whose opinions you trust.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, if you're definitely on the fence, um, mainly because of, for example, Scarlett Johansson's portrayal of the Major in Ghost in the Shell. Um, My opinion on that's unpopular as well. (laughs) I, I still
0: ended up enjoying that film. I, I don't As think it was,
2: did I.
0: It I, wasn't as true to the anime, or whatever, they kind of mixed plot lines and stuff, but it, it still was, I mean, it was a gorgeous film, and it, it was to. fun to watch.
1: Visually, so, uh, it was gorgeous. I did not appreciate Scarlett Johansson's portrayal of the Major. I think she... Didn't have a problem with it at all. That's that, That's you. <laughs> Here's why
2: I didn't have a problem with it. Every, okay, I I am I am very much against cultural appropriation. I am the major. Yeah, no.
0: yeah okay.
2: Go she's ahead. a cyborg body that right. you know in the manga she switches that, that body out on a regular basis. Um, but regardless, it's a cyborg body. It's not. It's not supposed to be her Japanese body. It's not supposed to be.
1: I, I, anything
2: that you can tie down to any one corporation, or uh, any one company. Um, it would be hard to find... Oh Well, it would be hard. There's all sorts of Japanese actresses who would excel in the role. Uh, should the part have gone to them? Maybe. But Masamuni Shiro and Mamoru both came out in favor of, of the movie and when the creators say give it the
1: thumbs up, that's that's good enough for me. Yeah, I just I just didn't like Scarlett Johansson's portrayal, and, and I'm not saying that I don't like Scarlett Johansson as, as an actress. I thought she was killer in um, *Hail Caesar*. Her, her portrayal of that character was awesome. Um, yeah, but. I don't know. It, it, I mean it, it could be that syndrome that I think Cowboy the Live Action Cowboy Bebop has is you have a, a very strong diehard fans of an anime that are many, you know, at least 10 to 20 years of those people loving those characters in that one thing and then coming along and 20 years later putting a new look to them. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Of... I mean, the
2: thing is, is people look at, people look at the anime, uh, the original animated film, uh, as if it was the original. And it's not, it's, it, it's an Anna. It, it itself was based on a manga. Um, and I don't know. As I said earlier, Oshi is Bloody boring. He's got the <laughs> finest animation studio on the planet behind him and he uses it to have to make movies with like 2-hour runtimes of which you'll get 5 minutes maybe usually less of action and then the rest of the runtime mostly consists of people standing around very still talking in monotone voices. Um it it just i i i prefer the standalone complex series to uh the motion picture i prefer the manga to everything and i enjoyed the live action like it was it was it was it was enjoyable to me did scarlett johansson's portrayal knock everything out of the park no but it wasn't horrible it wasn't mm. unwatchable uh, and like any other cyberpunk movie, I'm mostly watching it for what's going on in the background anyway.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved the themes. I loved, you know, the the details, like the, the holographs throughout the whole city. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely love. All of the atmosphere Look, the was sp- robot itself yeah, was all of amazing. that was spice, spice ugh, <laughs> spot on. Um but yeah, that I mean to me my only criticism is just how the major was played. Um she seemed very dry and very and you know, sure, major in, in the anime, major in well, major in the an- in the manga was even more different than <laughs> I was
2: the only time you don't see a dry major is in the original yep. source material, uh, where she gets as goofy as everybody else. Yep. But that's 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 Masamune Shiro uh, right. for you. Um, so even in standalone complex, she's she's pretty dry and and fairly monotone, uh, which is which I get it. I mean that's. That's the way they choose to portray the character. That that's okay.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, There's still this, I don't know. I, again, you know, I wa I read the manga, I, I watched the original movie. There, there still seems at least some, I don't know, connection I had with her versus Scarlet's version. Um,
2: sure, I can get that.
1: Yeah. It
2: is what it is. So far the only Ghost in the Shell that I really just have not enjoyed at all was the Ghost in the Shell standalone complex twenty forty five. That
1: the recent one? Yeah, and oh, it's yeah, not because
2: it's... the animation, like them switching to CGI, that's just the way they do things nowadays. Mm. What bugged me was that that god awful Mary Sue character that is like their assistant <laughs> to <team. laughs> Every moment she was on screen, I, I just wanted to replicate Joker's disappearing pencil trick on myself.
1: <laughs> you mean uh, the comic relief that they introduced? Because the cause the, the comic comi relief who wasn't, wasn't good enough, a,
2: a talented hacker and a fighter, uh, at somehow at the end. Yeah. Um, oh, she just fucking awful, awful, awful character. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so um, that's kind of like uh, it, at least in the the genres. There's a couple of things I do want to check out on um, Netflix that seemed cyberpunkish. Uh, one oh, is yeah. called *Anon*, starring Clive Owen, which kind of looked like. Um, so the the trailer I did see, he's a cop and he's being and he's telling, I guess his superiors what was happening, and basically is describing how this woman he's, he's following basically hijacked his visions and made him see things that weren't really there. Um, it seems kind of like a hacking kind of um, the the, the um, Jesus Christ, not the happy man. God, my brain is not working tonight. Um, standalone complex from uh, Ghost in the Shell, right, with um the smile, not the smiling man. Jesus Christ! The laughing man. Laughing man. Yes, in which she can hack your visuals. Um, another one on Netflix was called Tau, which was basically uh, the premise is a girl is kidnapped because a inventor of AI is trying to make his AI better. So he kidnaps this woman, and I. Gary Oldman is in it, so can't go wrong with Gary Oldman. So those are two things I want to go check out around, uh, at least that have kind of a cyberpunk feel. And give me some inspiration. uh,
2: Whether the movie is is good or awful, Gary Oldman's performance is always going to be worth watching.
0: Yes. Um, Have either of you seen, uh, Ad Vitam? Say... French sci-fi series?
1: No. I have
2: not.
0: Tell me it's more. It's a... got a very kind of cyberpunk noir kind of detective feel. Um,
1: I watched iEdit. iEdit? Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know if I'm made with
1: that one. Which it's a, a, sci, a French... I think it's French. Um... Uh, anime. Hmm.
0: This isn't an anime. It's just a live-action one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's got a really good feel. At first, it doesn't... It's more of like the cultural aspect of it that seems more sci-fi than the world, but then you kind of get a gist of basically rich, older people have found a way to extend their genome and basically live forever um, so you have people that are like ce- celebrating their 200th something birthday and you've got a cop that's investigating into these strange murders um, there are members of kind of like basically the, the young have become sort of like a impoverished underclass they don't feel like they have any future because the wealth is thwarted by the elderly
1: Oh, so man. Like a, they got that of idea. Like,
0: sort of like a suicide cult that happens where like young people just get together and basically they they hold a pistol to the person in front of them and then they do this in a big circle at like a suicide pack type of thing just because the world is so shitty it it's really a interesting detective story kind of thing uh, there's new
2: some- reality show coming to a station near you.
0: Yeah, it's got kind of a cyberpunk feel, though. I, I really dug it.
2: What's that called again? Advitum. Ah, that sounds pretty good. I will have to check that out.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: No, that's what you're here for, pal. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, since you're here, because I know we did invite you, um, I guess we can kind of introduce you to our audience and if you want you can give us a little bit of background on who you are and why we invited you in the first place
0: okay uh, those who are familiar with the old views from the edge forum for cyberpunk probably seen me post there back in the day um, I'm citizen X uh, also currently run or boros games on drive through RPG Um, I've written stuff about Data Fortress 2020, back in the day as well. very true. And then also, uh, I've worked on some various uh, horror game stuff for things like Trailer Cthulhu through Proto Dimensions Magazine and Dark Times Magazine.
2: I mean, from the Data Fortress angle, you were a heavy contributor for uh, Interlock Unlimited and one of the heaviest contributors for... uh uh the uh, South American conflict Sourcebook. yeah in addition to other other stuff but those are the those are the two big projects that 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 you threw down on
1: that is true so yeah and he's a co-player of mine uh, in um, yeah. wisdom's uh current campaign of Nomad Nation. it's very true.
0: (laughs) Highly enjoyable.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know if you heard our rambling in the beginning, Citizen. Um, Basically, we were just kind of going over a few things that uh, are a little bit of rambling for ourselves uh, because this is kind of going to be our year-end episode. Um, And just got off to you know what's been happening since the last episode that we did um but since it is kind of a year end um two kind of things that have reached at least being a year old is cyberpunk red and cyberpunk 2077 um and what does the future hold for both of those so uh, it won't be interesting. Yes, so I've kind of been following some vloggers around uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Um, they've been kind of uh, monitoring CDPR's, uh, what little information that CP, uh, 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 Project uh, CDPR is uh, publishing from news point of view. Because they did just have their year-end um, shareholders meeting and um, town hall, so apparently there's not going to be any more updates to Cyberpunk 2077 this year. Uh, but next year, you are or the thing that's going to come out within Q1, i.e., meaning January, February, or March, is the year. Uh, next gen uh, upgrade which is going to be 1.5 so they're skipping 1.4 apparently and heading straight into 1.5 also and again this is all hearsay which um, one blogger says oh it's going to be exciting to know that this is happening versus another vlogger who's like eh, this is all hearsay and, and do not <laughs> do not take it for a gra- grain of salt or if you believe this shit, you know, I got, you know, tons of bridges in New York to sell you. Um, but basically that there is going to be at least two DLCs coming out next year for Cyberpunk 2077. Whether that happens or not, well, we'll see. Um, I mean, honestly, as
2: I've, as I've long said, the only thing I want for, the, for Cyberpunk 2077 is for there to be some kind of cooperative online component that I can run around and play with my friends like I can in the tabletop game. Yeah.
1: That is being worked on and highly doubt it's gonna happen next year. So but another Cyberpunk twenty seven some news, the anime is going to be coming out soon. I don't know exactly the exact dates but i know it's probably within the next few months um, at least from a timetable that i've seen so we're going to be getting whatever anime uh, from the various (laughs) minds who've created it onto netflix and again i don't know how many episodes it's going to be um, whether it's going to be... Yeah, no,
2: they've been pretty, uh, they've been pretty hush-hush about the development of that. Uh, yeah. I don't know, like, we don't even know the basic plot premise yet. We just know that there's a anime coming out based on the property. Um, which, which is, I mean, the, I, here's the thing. When I look at all of this, uh, from the mindset of a dude still stuck in 1990 just discovering cyberpunk and it's like the idea that now we're getting an anime based off of this in addition to the video game uh, all the fucking like Dark Horse has put out like just a tremendous amount of comics At this, well not a tremendous amount but they they put out a fair amount there's been like three or four different uh, there's been like three mini series and a couple of uh Graphic novels. Plus, there's been like a Polish-produced graphic novel. Um, it's it's it blows my mind to think that all of this stuff is based off the Cyberpunk twenty twenty property. Yep. Uh, even if that's not how it's advertised, it is like you know all the stuff is there. Mm-hmm. Um, I get giddy just thinking about it.
0: It is pretty wild.
2: It's before the game came out. I was like, I'm going to get every piece of uh, promotional material. I'm going to have everything that can possibly be uh, connected to this game that that exists. I have given up on that dream um, because there is so bloody much of it. Um,
0: Um, Yeah.
2: And it's like, it's. Really expensive too. Like, if you go to the CDPR website, who can afford any of that crap? And I say this as someone who's tried to. I, I i bought more than I should have. Um,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. Furious uh, George. I don't know what molasses flood is working on. There's rumor. Around possible doing cyberpunk, possibly doing uh, Witcher. Supposedly,
2: what's a last blood?
1: It's a game studio. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, and there's also been talk about the uh, CDPR kind of doing a, a third IP, um, which they haven't talked about exactly what that IP is and what it will be. Um, I, I again I, it's all hearsay so I don't know and I think the other thing because Molasses Flood was kind of a mo- very recent uh, procurement it's going to take them probably a year before they decide what they're going to do with that company um, just because I, I work in the corporate world and I know how, <laughs> how slow companies can be Um. Especially once you start getting big, because uh, I know CDPR has grown to be twelve hundred employees now, which is is a moderate, pretty big, not as big as like uh, EA or or some of the other big name um, uh, game companies. No, not Rockstar or anything. Yeah, but they're also not small anymore, right? No.
2: So certainly bigger than Volition ever
1: was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens this year. And I, I definitely think that, or I believe, there is going to be more cyberpunk stuff, even though they got beat up over it and, you know, they had various lawsuits uh, around the stock price tanking and promises were made to the shareholders, which they really weren't made Promises were never really made about how much you were gonna make, um, because that's always a gamble, and that's that's the thing with stock markets. It's always a gamble. Yeah, A product might not go well. Um, so, but I think you know the game is definitely in a better place. Um, I'm actually starting to get into. Uh, installing some of the mods for PC, and I know Derek you can't do that, but uh, one, of the, came uh, one of the mods that I just installed um, basically did a, a major overhaul, it like fixed a lot of the perks, so a lot of the perks don't work it has more you, you don't escalate your health as much um, damage doesn't escalate as much for your leveling uh, you actually have to use gear and drink, and they actually he actually changed the whole um, food and drink uh, system. So it gives you not just benefits to health, but it also will give you benefits to how you aim or your you know your evasion and your dodge. So you actually care about going to a vendor and picking up some juice um which is an interesting okay. mechanic yeah he also scaled the levels of npcs so the, the scaling of of the combatants was kind of off kilter right so right. towards the end game you probably had i mean most of my characters got up to like 700 800 health whereas the npcs were at like 10000 and what that meant was, if you shot like a, a propane tank, it would sometimes it'll barely affect an NPC, where it would definitely <laughs> slaughter you, right, with the explosion. Um, so he kind of scaled it, and, and again he reduced the armor. So like head slots no longer can take armor slots. There's there's specific modifiers that you cannot have in certain areas right so the the slots for your pants and your feet um you only can have like move enhancements there i think only jackets are allowed to improve your armor um heads i think allowed you to possibly do more crits i don't i I don't remember the exact details but he kind of separated all that out. Um, it, it, and it's very. It's a very uh, interesting mod. Um, and he did a lot of stuff in it. Um, and you can always tweak the mod, right? So you can say, all right, you know what? This is still too easy for me. Modify the scale of, of NPC health. Yeah, also you fix some of the AI uh stuff within the game. So, right now I'm doing another playthrough with that mod. And uh hmm. I'll give you some feedback on how it went.
2: Yeah, let's us, let's us know how
1: that goes. Yeah. Um yeah, so the other thing is red, right? Year old. Um I think red is been successful overall. There's definitely a larger influx of New users or and new players to the system.
2: I mean, it it what they're doing seems to have worked. They've reinvigorated interest in uh, the cyberpunk franchise all across the board. Uh, new new products are coming out. Um, Chrome is has yet to hit, but we've we've got the data pack. We've got the net running deck. Uh, yep. They. Art on their site. Gives out like once a month, they give free downloadable content. Like, yep. Yes, yeah, so it's uh.
1: They've got to Titans
2: with sirenscape um, World Twenty, just got <laughs> official Cyberpunk Red character sheets.
1: Uh, it seems to be doing well. I'm so glad to see that. Yeah, the one thing I'm kind of annoyed with is the silence from monster fight club and combat zone so they did the kickstarter yeah. and i am still waiting for my miniatures um i mean i haven't heard too I understand much that stuff
2: them. takes a while and kickstarters are notoriously slow for you to get for you to spend the money to the time you get the product in your hand like i understand that i um That is true. But,
1: yeah. Some companies are better than others. So, like, I did another Kickstarter for um, Battletech. Uh, There was a monthly update of, hey, here's what these models are going to look like. Hey, you know, this was back when, um, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic was when they were supposed to start delivering, right? Or or start the whole thing. So. They would give a monthly update of like, these factories are offline right now. We're looking for another factory. Thank you for your patience. Blah blah blah. Next month, hey, we worked out some new a new contract. Um, we're moving forward. Uh, you know, we'll talk to you in a month. We just got the prototypes. Uh, we need, definitely need some retooling, and we're working with the company to get that done right. Whereas um, Monster Fight Club is. I got a few things. I mean, to be <laughs> honest,
2: I just got an email update from them the other day. Oh, like, really? On the twenty eighth, hmm. um, where they say account. that the uh, they've completed all the writing for the rule book um, and the missions and the campaign. Uh, they're working on getting the final graphics treatments um, and and getting the layout uh, complete. Um, and they're printing out miniatures. Um, I, I mean, they. have I get updates from them. I think maybe there might be something wrong with. Uh, yeah,
1: the last one I got was in October.
2: Yeah, no, I, I got. I'm looking at the email now. Uh, the 28th. Huh. I don't uh, remember what the last one before that was, but I was assuming it would be October.
1: I'll have to take a look. Yeah, the last one I got was October 15th. Interesting. Well. I would check my spam folder. I would check my spam folder too. (laughs) Yeah, so that's another thing that I was definitely looking forward to and getting my hands on. um, Is that game. So.
0: Are they still planning on releasing, is it called Black Chrome for CP Red?
1: Yes,
2: I, I mean, they're. It's in the plans. That's that's the first, like, major supplement that they're talking about putting out. We're all looking. We're all waiting for it with bated breath to see if maybe that like reintroduces like gear porn to cyberpunk
1: red. Uh, so that's
0: what I crave. I played <laughs> in a game.
1: I, I played in a game with Mike, um, back in 2014. And he was talking about, um, Black Chrome back then. Um, he talked about one cybernetic that he wasn't going to include, which basically was, uh, and maybe I shouldn't say, because he might have divulged it (laughs) as a thing, but it, it was a very interesting cybernetic. Um, not sure how, how it would work in game wise, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but he's he, gonna be super vague about this whole thing yeah huh? I, I i don't want to get myself in trouble just in case man mike's listening you never know uh, it's he's not so much mike things. as lisa i think um
2: <laughs> they've got better things to do than listen to us uh,
1: true <laughs> well so anyways he talked about a, a cyberware that it, that was going to be included um, I also, a couple years later, I gamed with, uh, one of the authors who is part of Black Chrome. He kind of talked about how he was doing some of the art, and they were working on it. Uh, <clears throat> and then I saw, I talked to that same author after Cyberpunk Red hit, and he's like, I have to rewrite everything, because the rules have changed. So, um... I think Cyberpunk Red... The changes within Cyberpunk Red... Um... Kind of changed a lot. So I think originally Black Chrome was basing it off of... Cyberpunk 2020 and the... And that type of economy, etc. So now that there's a new economy... It's... And new way weapons work and all this other stuff... Um there's probably has had to be done a rewrite. And again, I don't know if they're they're going through playtesting or, or what, right? So it's been a year since they've re- rewritten a lot of the Black Chrome, um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the alternative is uh, to get someone from our Talsorian Honor podcast, and we can grill them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, way back
2: in the early days of development of uh, 2077, Mike joined the CD Project Red forums for Cyberpunk yep. and announced back then that he was going to be. Uh, I want to say this was like 2015. Yep, but he announced back then that he was working on a new Chromebook. And it was actually supposed to come out before the video game so uh, I mean we're all waiting with bated breath Um,
1: again no offense to Mike but um, no not at all he he Uh, can take his time if if those of you who dealt with uh, our Telsorians they do take their time but usually that time they do put out some good stuff I don't ever,
2: I don't tend to complain about how long any type of creative project takes to come out. Um, I just hope that my my only commentary on you know something coming out is you know let it take whatever time it needs to get done and get done right. Yeah, I think that was the problem with the game is that they they rush or the video game is that they rushed it Mm -hmm. um even as late as they were they were still rushing to try and get it completed and
1: and and the one and again this is all my opinion my hearsay my thinking is the reason why they kind of rushed it was because it was 2020 right yeah because they they announced the game in 2013 and they wanted to hit those really iconic marks um of getting yeah in i mean they
2: they put it out at the absolute last minute of 2020 and i it feels like that was a corporate decision i mean granted we were all kind of expecting that anyway that that's when it would get released because hey 2020 it's based on cyberpunk 2020 um but yeah, I, I, if I were them, I'd have let it go. And I think the reason that the delay with the video game, I think the reason that everything got pushed back is, I, I mean, I've said this before, and don't get me wrong, I love Keanu Reeves, but I think them bringing him on board to play Johnny Silverhand, I think when they did that, yep, they decided, hey, we need to get as much bang for the massive amount of money we spent to get Uh, to get Keanu, we need to get as much out of him as possible. So we're going to rewrite the whole game at the last minute, and you developers need to make that work.
1: Yeah. And then the other factor, especially when you're looking at timetables, is licensing. Um, So keep in mind that uh, when a company licenses a property to a game developer... Uh, there is always there's always a, a, a clause in there that will say if you don't do anything within the next X amount of years, you're forfeiting it. And it's coming back into my, my thing that I can then try to get someone else to do, right? Yeah. Or, or pay a penalty.
2: Um, That's why in the 80s and 90s, you know, Richard Corbin, who had the rights to... Or not, Richard Corbin. <laughs> I don't know where I got that name from. Uh, it's why movies, the Marvel movies like um, yeah. Captain America and Fantastic Four got Corman releases, which are just, were never really meant to see the light of day, but were made just so they could hold on to the property rights. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, Same
2: I mean, basic yeah. argument.
1: And again, it, there's also could have been a contract with Kiana, right? And hey, you get to use my character, but you have to just push it out in X amount of time, um, or else you forfeit that. <laughs> so that's a, that's another constraint. I think a lot of um, a lot of people don't see, and of course, corporations are never gonna admit to to their fan base that yeah, we have to use this or we're gonna lose it. Um, and then there's always that pressure of, well, as a corporation, we, we don't care about paying the penalty. However, your shareholders are going to be like, hell no, you're not going to pay that penalty. Get it fucking done because I want to make as much money yeah. as it possible.
2: Uh, I, I think that was the other big part of what went wrong with the game is the shareholders were all like, we don't care what kind of art you're trying to make. We want our money. We gave you this money to build this game. Now put it out so we can get our money back. Yep. And again, it all became this rushed rushed a bit of madness that I mean <sighs> This isn't the first time I've said it, it won't be the last. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven does not live it did not live up to the promises that were made of what the game was gonna be. Yep. But that's okay because it's still Better than ninety percent of the games out there. It's still a fantastic game. Uh, Is it buggy? Yes. Is it as buggy as any Bethesda game ever released? Ever? Not really. Like I've seen Bethesda games that were much buggier
1: than this. Yeah, and to me, Um, it's also a love letter to um, Mike and all he did. um, Yeah, and kind of bringing up him into into the mainstream. Um, before we continue uh, Wolf7896 there are a lot of Discord servers out there for um, RPG groups um, the ones I can give you right now off the top of my head is there. depending again it all depends on which system you want to run whether it's Red or, or 2020 there's Night City Stories is one server that, um, of Discord that has a lot of uh, games going on there is, uh, I want to say, Cyberpunk Zero, but yeah, Cyberpunk Zero is another server. Um, there is the Artel
2: Group. I mean, got Discord
1: server. Neon Red and Red War, Red Winter um, are four discords that I know are dedicated towards uh, running games. So go check them the, out. Uh, I'll, I'll type cyber... them in the in the chat as well.
2: The Cyberpunk 2077 official server, it has uh, it has areas set aside for the role-playing the tabletop games, um, both Red and 2020. Uh, I don't know. I don't do a lot of Discord. Um, Joe, you know anything?
0: Uh, I mean, Night City Stories is my Discord. <laughs> that's what yeah. I run. Cyberpunk, yeah, that's, that's why we... Run a hybrid of red on there. Um, a friend and player and former co-GM uh, goes by Swiss on Discord. He also runs a Machete Punk. 2020, 20, I believe, is what it's
1: oh, called. Oh, yeah. Machete Punk. That sounds interesting.
0: Yep. Um, I'm sure there are others. I'm... Yeah, the CP Red 2020. That's the other
1: ones for that am Oh, that reminds me. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but apparently in 2022, there is going to be Machete in Space, the movie.
0: Oh, that makes my (laughs)
2: brain hurt. I love Danny Trejo, I do, but oh God, that makes my brain hurt.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure we need that particular movie, but it's got Danny Trejo in it.
2: Uh, I'll watch it I'll I'll, I will I will power through it probably with the hefty amount of booze to to facilitate the process
1: yep yeah so um what else do we need to talk about for wrapping up the year um
0: I tell you my uh Favorite uh, mission in Cyberpunk
1: 2077? Yeah, sure. I all you right. Yeah, well, them. you are a guest. Uh, so, so, what do you, what are your thoughts on Cyberpunk 2077?
0: Well, I mean, it was certainly buggy when it came out. I will say that I wanted more. I wanted an option like Deus Ex had, where you had a realism mode where headshots are always kills, even as a player.
2: Amen. You no, know,
0: um, that would have been nice. Um, but still the story is amazing in it. Um, my, some of my favorite missions are the, uh, carry uridine missions. And there's one where you get to, uh, smash up a record exec's yacht and then burn it and <laughs> sink it. And that is my absolute most favorite punk rock mission of any game that I've played on really? memory. Yeah. <laughs>
2: He, I mean, I love goes, the shit out of that mission, but yeah, no, I looking back, I can see what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, he's got that, like, one-of-a-kind guitar. There's only five in the world, and I think Saburo Arasaka owns two of them or something like that, you know? Yeah. And uh, he's playing this song that, you know, never played before for you as you're just cruising around in this yacht, and then he's like, all right, let's trash this thing. <laughs> and then you burn it and have to swim to shore. I, I thought that was fantastic.
2: It was... uh It was one of the quieter moments in the game, but it was, yeah. it was played to great effect.
0: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't an action-heavy or combat-heavy mission at all. No, I
2: don't kill anybody doing that mission.
0: Yeah. But it was just... Entirely story based, and it was just great. Um, I really dug that.
1: Well, his animosity towards uh, us cracks <laughs> was was I think was pretty interesting. You know, you have the hardcore yeah. rocker going against the the pop uh, groups. And <laughs> I love us cracks so much.
0: That was like, a great scene or a great. I, I would too. buy
2: an album of of oh, yeah. <laughs> Those crazy weird eyed chicks. The uh, the mission you do later on if if you successfully complete that the us cracks carry uridine thing. uh, it opens up the mission where you go and like are the bodyguard for one of the girls later. I wanted to see much more of that. I wanted to see them become like an actual contact that you like protect at concerts and whatnot
1: that'll be the uh, next DLC hopefully
2: I mean that was really that's really indicative of a lot of the PC or the, a lot of the NPCs you you come across in Cyberpunk is I really wanted more of all of them uh,
0: yeah I'd love to like see I, more DLC for all of them yeah
2: yeah I mean every like from, from the people you deal with on a regular basis um, to like little like Brief nothings of people that you meet and have a like a short conversation with I wanted more of all of it. I wanted to I could have spent hours talking and hanging out with most of those NPCs. I can't remember any of them that actually annoyed me, which is pretty strange because uh, most video games, the NPCs start to annoy you really quickly.
1: I'm trying to think which Mm -hmm. which non-adversary and I mean like I definitely would not start up a a friendship with fingers
2: (laughs) no (laughs) no but even then he was like I wouldn't start up a friendship I wouldn't hang out with him but he was an interesting and unique enough character he he definitely was that I mean I enjoyed my interaction with him Uh, I mean I hated the dude but i enjoyed the interaction yeah uh the corporate chick who who sells you out um Meredith
1: no not Meredith
2: yeah she didn't yeah, sell Meredith. you out well kind of she she sells you out she she sells you out uh i wouldn't have minded like some other options for how that
1: situation resolved
2: or her hiring you, do... you
1: to do some more missions for her. Yeah. I'll tell you what I
2: the uh, all-female gang that uh, Judy hangs out with. The Moxes? The Moxes. I wanted to hang out with them a lot more. Like I wanted them to be a much bigger part of the gang.
0: Like, yeah, they're pretty
1: awesome. I feel like they got
2: really underrepresented.
1: Yeah. Because all they do is hang out in at Lizzie's. That's it. That's it. That's that's the only time I mean think ever see him. No, there's that one garage him? that one of them uh, goes cyber-seiko.
0: I want to learn yeah. more about the Preacher guy, too, from the Valentinos. Because there's a couple missions where he sends you to basically kill some of his own gang members. And yeah. Mm. They're always,
1: his rivals. Um, kind of like... <laughs>
0: Yeah, but they're rivals in in his
1: gang. Yeah, it's not like they're. Well, is it his gang? He just hangs out with the Valentinos. It doesn't mean it's his gang. I mean, he's, he's the head fixer are... It's his gang. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's... Like Wakako and her boys. He kind of runs things.
2: I mean, uh, that just—it's just—it it just stands to my point that you know these are great NPCs. Um, and if they were If it was actually A tabletop role playing game Like I'd have glommed on them I'd have glommed on to All of them And been all like Well you're getting added To my list of contacts And I'm gonna come hang out With you more hmm. and then the GM's gonna have to Give me a funny voice For <laughs> each of
1: them And remember that funny voice Every time he uh does
2: Yeah it. you gotta keep that consistent Cause that's That's part of the, Why I like the character
0: I'd love to see them do something that's like an open world multiplayer, though, kind of like in the vein of the GTA five RP Amen. Servers,
2: Amen. Where Even if you just it's... play
0: a uh, hot dog vendor on the streets of Night City or something, just whatever you want to do in that world would be well, really cool.
1: Supposedly, it's coming. Um, again, don't <laughs> don't expect it anytime soon. Uh, I know that they are working on it. Or at least there is rumblings that they are working on it. It's
2: this more bot um, bullshit that I don't get to play with. Bastards.
1: Yeah, well, eventually.
2: Uh, um what I wanna see is I wanna see the twenty seventy seven crew. I wanna see an actual twenty seventy seven source book where they give us workable battle maps from the game. Yes. Me too. Like that's what I want to see. I want to see the interiors of the buildings, like in top-down map view. I want to see the cool locations out in the world. Um, I mean, it, I, I've got the uh, that website that I can go to and make screen caps of high definition definition shots of the map, but. I, I want more than that. I, I think I'm it'll reading.
1: come. I think the, the issue is that... Um, and again, this is me, my opinion. Um, I think Altarsurian is trying to determine when to push that out, right? Because they still want Red to be a success. Um, yeah, its
2: own unique thing. You know, and I get so, that. I get that, and... I, I apparently there's some weird I don't know any of the details I just know what I've been able to observe but it seems to me that there's some weird line drawn with the with the rights to cyberpunk and like who owns who owns what and well, again I don't know any of the details but it, it seems like uh red at this point, is pushing for a different agenda
1: uh, through our and it's weird well the and again this is a hypothesis it could be that our Tau Sorian is experimenting with red to figure out what that what rules they need to change improve merge with old editions to come up with uh, the best edition, right? And that would be 2077. Right? So maybe they want to take some of the voices of the community on homebrewing, etc. and eventually create 2077 to include that. Kind of like, you know, the 6th edition of Cyberpunk. Yeah. I
2: mean, time will tell, or it won't. Some some questions never get answered. Yep. Um. All we can do is hope is lay back and hope to reap the rewards of what does get what does get pushed
1: out, and uh, yep. continue pushing out stuff on our own. Right. So, citizen. Um. Let's get back to you a little bit and just to introduce you to the, the community at large so they have a little more background on you. So when did you originally first get into uh, Cyberpunk?
0: I got into Cyberpunk, I'm thinking maybe my junior year of high school. Um, for a while it was just something that had been rumored and about how cool it was. At the time I was already into to RPGs, I'd Been into RPGs since I was maybe 11 years old. Found uh, some AD&D books in my neighbor's garbage. Started from there. (laughs) Um,
1: Was that during the Satanic Panic?
0: Yeah, there was just a box of, uh, you know, AD&D books. And I didn't know how to play or anything. But uh, I just started improvising with friends in the backyard. We literally carved dice out of uh, wood and wrote an on them.
1: <laughs> That's hardcore. So
0: yeah, it was started real real old school. Um, and I started, you know, kind of creating worlds and stuff. And one of the things I eventually did was create kind of a sort of a world based on like some of my favorite films, which was like RoboCop and things like that. So I was already into that kind of sci-fi, cyberpunk stuff, but I didn't realize there was a game out there for it. Like, mm-hmm. other people had talked about Shadowrun, which didn't really interest me. But then uh I got to play some Cyberpunk for the first time, and I was sold. I was like, this is, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. Ding,
2: ding, 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 ding.
0: Yeah, it set off all the bells. So I was probably maybe 17 or so when I started playing it. Then eventually I started running it. Um, the first game I played in, I remember I was a... Uh, a nudist cop. I just rolled randomly for <laughs> all my backstory and affectations and everything, and um,
2: I mean, really, was, uh, you, you're playing a dude who likes wearing, uh, who likes running around naked in a in a game? Like, I, I cannot believe you would do such a
0: thing. <laughs> I was only uh, I'd wear the uniform, but I went commando underneath. That was oh yeah, have the uniform on if I was on duty. Well, as opposed
2: was... to say in my game, where you're gonna wear the full, full-fledged bondage, gear
1: just around.
0: <laughs> well, you got to, you know. It's a nomad. It's just proper retire.
1: Well, you could always do, you know, subdermal armor with a, sure. a magnetic badge. That's all you really need. Oh. That's.
2: I mean, yeah, you if you go. can get away with it, just just for perspective, <laughs> I've 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 known you. I want to say since like 2005. That, that was when I joined the the VFTE anyway
0: Yeah, I think that's
2: You from the Edge Forums um,
1: Yeah
0: I learned about VFTE, I think, from your website So that's probably what brought me over there in the first place
1: Back with the web rings?
0: Uh-huh. Yep Oh,
2: Jesus, the web rings We're, we're going back now uh, Oh, Lord
1: for, for you it's young a, youngsters, web pages used to have rings. And what a ring was was basically someone decided to uh, put on their site a chain of links to other sites that were associated with things. So <clears throat> if you were part of that ring, basically you would have this little navigator at the bottom of your uh, page that would say, hey, go to the next page and it would take you to another site associated with, that was in the ring and there was, I think there was a few few, cyberpunk crawl rings, yeah. (laughs) Um, I was a member of at least two of them. Yep. So you could actually go through and click on these rings and find different sites associated with it.
2: Um, They all died even before Geocities did. (laughs)
1: I think, you know, Google became, or the search engines became a lot better um, getting you the information you wanted. Of course, now the reverse has happened, right? You, can, you can't you can find any, any of those nice, wonderful little yes, hidden I, gems yeah. of sites that are out there um, in Google because, well, if you're not paying for it or you don't know anything about SEO, you're shit out of luck.
2: Well, not to mention, like there just aren't that many of those sites left. Yeah, uh, yours, yours and mine are really the only two. Like, and that and the the French site, and uh, they're the 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 last. We're the last of the big ones. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. I know my site. Like, I I think it was around the same time as uh, you were having like traffic issues with Data Fortress. Yeah. I, I know something something happened where my traffic level on my site got throttled to such a degree that basically they ch- went from a free forum to trying to charge me a monthly fee that was outrageous to even I, I, often,
2: I often wonder if that's not all connected like when uh, when Mike sent the CDPR guys to my site, if they didn't use the links uh, my hyperlinks page, and just hit so. everybody's cyberpunk sites like that, yeah. um, because I mean i've as far as I know I've got the, the most exhaustive and complete uh, list of links for cyberpunk 2020 sites to exist
1: well, your site also has crap load of fluff um and the images oh, and, yeah. and, and and other stuff where you know my site kind of had a little bit some rules um. You know, back in 2012, 2013, that's when I really started going back to my site and being like, okay, what sites are out there? What do they have to offer? What? How can I be different? And um, I know, uh, oh shoot, what's Paper Dragon? I forget his name. Uh, Paul Romine. Yeah his stuff he had actually some uh javascript utilities out there and i was like you know what let me start dabbling into that and um because i started learning programming around that time yeah, so um, the biggest
2: time he was the best re- he yeah. was the uh, best repository for the uh the
1: little utilities and shit like that yeah yeah utilities
2: and scripts and any kind of good little programs um I think at this point you have passed him.
1: Uh, I quite did my best. <laughs> uh,
2: quite admirably. Um, your, uh, your utilities are fantastic.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I still think it's funny if you go to Google and type in my name, CyberSmiley. The first, well, the first real result besides my site is a place called CyberSmile, which is cyberbullying a foundation to stop say anti cyber bullying sites. I'm surprised they haven't like contacted me and said, "Hey, we want you. We want your domain name. Sell it to them if they if they if they offer to buy it. You sell it. You make that money, pal." Yeah, I don't think so. Because I am a cyber bully.
2: <laughs> oh, that's true. Like, can I get the can I can I join your site? I got some kids to make fun of.
1: Yeah. <laughs> cool Junior lunch money i'm starting a found foundation <laughs> called yeah called uh take your lunch money or take your milk money <laughs> so yeah. yeah that's good stuff there. yeah i mean um definitely been at least for me getting back into the scene is it's kind of been uh a good thing granted uh it's only been the past three years that I actually started getting to play cyberpunk again. <clears throat> um, yeah. whether running it or playing it. So I think if CD project red didn't come out with that trailer, uh, my site would probably be kind of a, a dead side note in history. Uh,
2: 2013, a uh, teaser trailer, man, it, 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 <laughs> it set a lot of things in motion. Sadly, I haven't been able to like right after that, uh, is when I started having all my health problems. And even then I was still able to work on stuff up until I lost the game room, which is also when I lost, uh, like a comfortable dedicated spot where I could sit and write. Yep. Um, It 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 amazes me that I cannot, for the life of me, create a space like that now. Someday, man. Uh, Just well, I mean, I just like all the only furniture other than our beds we've got in this apartment is is one couch, uh, which just is not is not conducive to. uh, It's hard to type from a couch with any level of comfort. Especially if you've got severe back problems. Because, like I said, man, the, the ideas for new content, they're overflowing in my head. I just can't seem to put them on the screen. I'm working on it, though. Well,
1: it's hopefully. a struggle.
0: I deal with writer's block a lot myself. So.
1: I think we all do. Especially if you have a day-to-day job that sucks a lot of your attention out. Oh, What's yeah.
2: funny? <clears throat> when I was working as a uh, when I was working front desk at a hotel. Uh, I think that's when I got more cyberpunk stuff written than ever because I'd go to work and do it, and I basically get it was my way of getting paid to to put out the stuff for cyberpunk.
0: I Actually, used to run cyberpunk when I worked at the front desk of a hotel. I'd run it. Off. You know, <laughs> I were you.
2: I, there was a time when I ran you on a game of Cyberpunk when I was working at the as, at the front desk of a hotel. That that brief I cop think I remember game I ran. That.
0: yeah, that was great. I definitely enjoyed that cop game back in the day.
1: Oh yeah, I, I like running cop and detective games. Oh, um, there's definitely a ton of resources you can use for uh, those. Absolutely. Like that's
2: why, that's one of the reasons I like running them is because there's just like, you can't swing a dead cat without coming across something you can use in in that for inspiration or just direct ripoff
1: in that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, citizen, do you prefer to be a player or do you like uh, running games?
0: Um, I basically go crazy if I go too long without running something. Um, I normally run games. I don't mind being a player, Um, I enjoy it, but I also find the games that I enjoy playing most are somewhat lacking. There aren't a lot of GMs that actively run the stuff that I enjoy. I'm more into investigative horror games and stuff like Cyberpunk, so sometimes it can be hard to just find somebody that runs it.
1: Right, so you like uh, Call of Cthulhu as the alternative?
0: I'm a big fan of Delta Green, actually, which is a lot like Cthulhu, modern-day Cthulhu. Um,
2: It's the the curse of of gaming that you run the games you want to play in the most. So you don't ever actually get to play in the games that you dream about.
0: (laughs) That is the struggle.
1: Yeah, for many years the gaming group I had or the people I gamed with um, most of them if the game didn't have elves in it they did not want to play it. So it's like I don't <laughs> um, want to run Shadowrun. I don't like getting peanut butter in my chocolate god damn it and I'm not going to get my elves in my cyberpunk.
2: Amen to you brother. So
1: um. <clears throat> But yeah, <laughs> my wife yelled out, "What do you mean, peanut? You don't like peanut butter and your chocolate? It's awesome!" It's like uh, you don't. Know I the mean, in that, one, in that
2: one singular uh, example, yes, peanut butter and chocolate are two great tastes that go great together. But I do not want my peas to encroach upon my potatoes.
0: Um, I always felt with Shadowrun too, there wasn't really a good backstory or whatever to why those supernatural elements are now back in the world it was always left kind of mysterious I mean I, I thought the what is that movie with Will Smith Bright Yes. I thought that did a better job of portraying a Shadowrun world than the RPG ever did and like making it more believable
2: you we were just talking about uh-huh. that earlier yeah, before before the podcast um, yeah uh, Furious George asks us uh, what we think of Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, uh, to... I, I played it briefly in the 90s. I, I liked the system. Um, I liked I liked the Tim Bradstreet art quite a bit.
1: Yeah, Bradstreet uh, was an amazing artist.
0: Actually, I, I used to get really into <clears throat> doing the online uh, 24-hour Vampire chats. I did that for a long time at a place called Tarnished Reflections. And it's actually what inspired me to run a 24 hour cyberpunk chat game for a while. I did that for. Yeah, you
2: ran that for a long time.
0: On Unlimited Cyberpunk.
1: Um, Yeah, I played a a few times in Vampire, mostly Malkavian. I enjoyed it. Um, I liked Malkavians. Hmm. That scene had, was interesting. <laughs> uh, there were I, I
0: some strange people in that scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, and... it was the
2: fans of the game that made me never play it again. Uh, I, I liked the system. I, I thought the setting was cool and the lore was cool. Um, I, I, I definitely dug the characters that I created for it quite a bit. I... Uh, and I, I would have played, I would have continued playing it, but I made the mistake of uh, a friend of mine invited me to a Vampire larp, And we're talking back in like 93. <laughs> and I showed up to it and this, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't mean to shame anybody. I don't, I don't want to, I'm not making fun of anybody because of their appearance. But there's a level of hygiene that, you know, you have to maintain if you want me to be comfortable being in any sort of close proximity to you. And this girl took it upon herself to decide that she was going to try and seduce my character. And she did that by getting real close to me and trying to bite me, which... I, I don't kink shame. I don't... I, I'm a, I'm pretty open-minded, but the, the this woman smelled atrocious. Uh, she smelled like she'd been in a fur suit all day <laughs> and hanging out in a dumpster behind an Indian restaurant. And on top of that. the the word that can best be described for her mouth was snaggle tooth. <laughs> uh like i all of her like every single last one of her teeth that were visible went different directions. i've never seen anything like it. but she, she was not going to bite me. that much was uh, yeah.
1: i think i so, might have met her at one con, a gaming con one year. It's it's entirely
2: possible. Uh, It it killed me for the whole hobby because everybody else got mad at me even though it was my first time there that I didn't let this chick bite me. Like the whole coven or or I forget what they called it but the whole group like I got it was not a pleasant evening. So yeah,
1: it killed the whole game for me. Yes, Just like Star Trek fans kill Star Trek for me. Um, and, And I think Back in the '80s and '90s, when when it came to gaming, um, there wasn't always a policy around hygiene um, with game conventions no, and no, gatherings. So you definitely had this this funk that some people. Didn't realize that they had for whatever reason, and and, and nobody wanted. I, I I think with this girl,
2: like nobody ever wanted to say anything because getting a girl in the nineties, yeah. uh, in the in the bullshit in the nineties in Kansas City, uh, the uh, the atmosphere was very misogynistic. So if you had a woman or a girl or any kind of
0: it was hard to get women into gaming at the time. Like, yeah,
2: yeah, it was. So if you had one that was problematic, you d- you just let it slide. Um.
1: Yep, yeah, and yeah, yeah, and I think that's. I think Vampire was kind of the game that really brought in a lot of uh, female players um, into you know, the game that's scene. Absolutely true. Um, It's
2: like, uh, I mean, it was the '90s, so like, Vampire brought the girls into the gaming uh, community the same way that like Sandman brought girls into the comic book community. That's not to say that they weren't there already, but it's to it's when they started, you know, a wider audience accepted enough that they would, you know, brave the community as it were, because the community back then. It it, it it had its problems. It was a great place to be if you were part of it, um, but getting to be part of it could have been...
1: It, it was its own set of problems. Well, I think some yeah, of
0: that... Some gatekeeping and stuff, too, yeah. And I think yeah.
1: some of that gatekeeping came out of, you know, um, a bit of the satanic panic, right? So... <clears throat> and, yeah. and and also, you know, cool kids. Oh wait, you play Dungeons and Dragons, nerd, and Whoa, yeah. basically beat no, the hell where out of it you. Really came from is
2: that you know? It was such a insular and insulated group that had like being a gamer or being a comic book fan, being a geek of any kind. Like back in the eighties and nineties, that was you were seriously an outcast. Like, the cool kids did not do that. Or at least if they did, they didn't talk about it. Um, And gaming was sanctuary from that. Game stores were sanctuary. Uh, While all the other kids were hanging out and watching football games, you did your thing.
0: Blood in, blood out.
2: Yep. And uh, because, you know, girls typically tended to prefer the cool kids... To the sweaty, smelly nerds, uh, it took a while for the for women to integrate into the community. Yep, uh, we had to overcome a lot to make to for that to be. I mean, it's it's something we still struggle with. Like, yep. it, it, there's still a lot of gatekeeping. There is, if anybody's ever been to a convention, there's still an issue with hygiene. Um.
1: Way, it things are getting better mm. things are getting better well, I think now cons are like <laughs> give you a a posting as you sign up is if you stink oh, yeah. <laughs> we are going to tell you you stink and either you can go wash yourself or you need to leave the con um
2: yeah no we don't uh, it, it's a beautiful thing that stank ass is no longer tolerated in our public spaces.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember going to cons in the 90s. There wasn't a lot of female players when it came to D&D. There was a couple. But if you wanted to um, hang out with female players, Call of Cthulhu was a game to be. Um, I remember I used to go to one con here in my state. There was always a, a GM female, um, ran every slot. So there was, she, I think, gave the other female players a comfort zone and kind of, um, bolstered that, that relationship. So, I mean,
2: looking back, it's actually kind of weird because the very first gaming group I had, like it was an equal mix of girls and guys, uh, girls and boys. And, uh, like the next gaming group I had, it, it, it had girls in it too. And, um, so I didn't realize at the time the the obstacles that, you know, girls had to overcome in just yeah. going into a gaming store and or going to a convention. Yeah. Um, I, I so didn't. my head was so far up my ass that, you know, I'd go into a gaming store see all the posters of, like, half-naked women all over the place and, like, the hentai corner <laughs> um, and not think anything about it as opposed to, you know... And now I'm very conscious conscious of, you know, that kind of environment and what it actually says. Yep. Uh,
1: like when my wife community. when my wife could go to the conventions and, you know, we wouldn't always be in the same game because she played a lot more Call of Thulu. I would play war games or, or Dungeons and Dragons <clears throat> or try to run cyberpunk, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, every every game she would go to, there would be at least one guy who was like, "Do you, do you want to marry me?" Because <laughs> they'd never <laughs> met just a, a, just, a woman who's yeah. a, who's a gamer, and they were like, "Oh, you, need, you know, I need you in my life," you know. And she's like, "No, I'm already uh, engaged," or, or or at that time we were probably married by then. Um, but yeah, and and again, we never saw. The horror stories that happen i'm not saying that they you know i don't believe that they ever happened but i know they did it i just it, it's one of those things that i think we were in a safer environment um than some and, that, yeah. and that's a shame that that it did happen um because I mean, your you own know.
2: experiences are always going to cover your perception color your perception yeah. of things and if you didn't see it I didn't see it. Uh, I didn't see it until much later. And now looking back on it, it, it seemed pretty, it seems pretty obvious when it was happening. Yeah. But at the time I was completely oblivious. I yeah. was just happy to be accepted myself somewhere.
1: And of course I think, I don't know my, my wife was a little more thick skinned because she was an ACDC fan. So she would go to ACDC with maybe by herself, maybe with a possible friend. So, um, those rock concerts were a little more wild back in the day, especially when it came to um, females. And she's like, yeah, I, I, I felt safer at gaming conventions than I do at at some of the rock concerts I've been to. So, Yeah, yeah I can believe that. But it's definitely has grown and gotten better, which, great. I, I'm glad, you know, we are making progress a little at a time, but we are making progress. Slowly but surely. Someday we're, you know, humanity's going to achieve uh, being a better, uh, better species. Well, I mean, it's 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 the difference between our ideals and the
2: ideals in the geek community have always been high. We've always striven to be better people. Uh, Thanks more to Star accepting. Trek.
1: Uh,
2: uh, um, grumble, grumble. Um, <laughs> The reality, of course, never always has a hard time living up to the ideals. Yeah. Um, but we try and things are getting better. Uh, and that's a good thing. Yep. Um, that's, that's a good
1: thing. So we're almost out of time. Before we end, I want all our listeners who are on right now uh, tomorrow cyber nation uncentered is doing a kickoff. They are going to have magnetic oh. min- yeah, and magnetic <laughs> miniatures, um, specialized cyberpunk dice and a dice roller. Um, so definitely a mm-hmm. big dice tower. Go check yeah, that
2: actually, out. Go ahead. I meant to bring that up earlier. Uh, it's, it looks really good. People like you need to check it out. Uh, the, the the box that the dice are coming in like it, it's seriously cool uh, I, I, I'm i probably going to throw some money down on that myself so I would recommend you do the same
1: yes and, uh, and the dice tower is cool as well yeah. so definitely go out and support Rob um, he's definitely one of the pillars of the community um, trying to promote and advance cyberpunk uh, he gives us this platform, which we appreciate, because um, you go to here, which is his uh, Twitch channel, as well as uh, YouTube. So um, yeah. We exist for the grace of Rob. Thank exactly. you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Uh, anything else you guys want to end off with, or shall we call it? Uh, again... Well, I- uh, so the next episode should be taking place in two weeks. However, it's not because we're going to take our little hiatus, uh, whether or not we come back on the fifth or the 19th or sorry, the fifth or the 19th. Yes. Um, I think you and me wisdom need to figure out which how long of a vacation we want.
2: You know what I'm saying? Let's go ahead and get a full month's vacation. Okay. Um, Recharge some batteries. Yep. That'll give us time to like actually get the get the future format set up and figure out what what we're like make this a little uh
1: more structured. Make this place yep. a little bit yeah more structured a little uh, a little be all that we can be. Yep. All right. So if that's the case, we are going to return on January nineteenth, Wednesday, the third third Wednesday of January. Um. So all of you we uh hope you have a good holidays uh whatever that holiday might be and we will see you next year in 2022 when the hot war starts up
2: joe thank you so very much for joining us uh tonight we'd love to have you come back and join us again in the future
1: yeah Um, thank you for the invite all right guys uh To all our fans, talk to you guys later. Enjoy your night. Bye.